we are doing another show, aren't we? Uh, how do we get? How do we start this show, Chris? Welcome. Welcome. Right? We start with a welcome. Provided by Roast West Coast. I'm your host, Ryan Wool, and I'm here with the <laughs> inimicable Chris O'Brien, the owner and operator of Coffee Cycle in Pacific Beach, San Diego, California. His website is very cool, and you should go there and buy all his stuff. And uh, since I'm Ryan today, I just wanted to say, Chris, how are you doing today? Man, I, that was a pretty good impression of me, Chris, except for that part where I said that you should buy all that cool stuff. I would have never said that. I did use the word inimicable, which I was pretty cool. Oh, you did. With. I actually had written some notes about what I was going to say today about you. Where, where, let me hang oh, I think they were terrible. They were about John Mayer and the Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. was, uh... I said you were the kind of guy who might get emotional when I tell you when I tell you that the Dead and Company are no longer touring. But, but not I when I... <laughs> I hear that John Mayer is coming to town. That's right. I did. That was in my notes, everybody. Uh, we really work hard on the prep for this show, and most of my effort goes into that introduction. <laughs> Chris, welcome to the Coffee Smarter Podcast. You're right. It is presented by Roast West Coast, the coffee podcasting network. You can find all of our shows and all of our newsletters, follow-ups to this episode on roastwestcoast.com. You're also right that you have a website, coffeecycleroasting.com, where people can order coffee from you. Just want to make sure everyone heard it. Uh, not that I didn't trust your version, but I like my version. Here's his- <laughs> You said something at the end of our last conversation about sugar and sweeteners, just kind of mentioning how milk could add sweetness to a cup of coffee. And so that's what I wanted to ask you about today. Instead of asking you what I'm going to learn, I'm going to ask you about that. One is... Why do people add milk to their coffee and what does it do when they do? I don't think of milk, I guess, as a sweet drink. And maybe that's on me, I suppose, lactose. But uh, let me just turn it over to you. Why add milk uh, to coffee? What happens? Well, milk is a very, very popular additive to coffee, uh, as I'm sure most of us are aware. Milk and coffee integrate very, very well. The milk proteins mix in with the coffee uh, and the milk fats can provide a foam that's generally a stable foam. And that foaming is a lot of the reason why people like to combine milk and coffee. And there's also going to be a nice uh, balancing of the acids in coffee. Milk tends to be fairly alkaline and uh, coffee tends to be a little bit acidic. And so combining the two of those can balance out the acidity and create some nice buffer that acidity uh, on your body. So, you know, in the last episode, we talked about different flavor compounds. In fact, it comes up in a lot of these episodes. We talk about bitter, sour, sweet, salty, and umami. And while coffee being, you know, an incredibly complex beverage does have a bit of all of that to offer, you know, what we're kind of chasing whenever we're preparing food or coffee is, you know, a specific balance of those flavors. Uh, we want to have some sweet with our bitter. We want generally when I when I drink coffee, I want I want a little bit of sweet with all the other flavors. Some coffees are going to do well more acidic. Some are going to do more well a little bit more savory. But in the end of the day, we want to balance those flavors together. And milk can be a nice thing to help balance them, especially with the acidity component and also with the sweetness component. Uh, and it's funny that you say you don't think of milk as a particularly sweet beverage because lactose, like you mentioned, is a sugar. Um, if the if it ends in O-S-E like that, sucrose, fructose, lactose, it's going to be a sugar. 
And so you'll find that if you get non-fat milk from the store as opposed to whole milk, whole milk is generally, I think, around 4 to 5% milk fat. If you get a non-fat milk, as long as it's not organic, they will usually add sugar to the milk to compensate for the missing flavor from removing the fats. And so it's not exactly a, a perfect example, but it does show that sugar has a really important role to play in the tasting of milk. And you'll also find that most dairy alternatives have sugar in them. And that's for a similar, similar reason. So it matters then if I'm adding 1%, 2% whole almond oat. I mean, that's going to change the sweetness level or the flavor. And I would guess the texture too. Like I haven't drank milk in a long time or drunk milk in a long time. Uh, it doesn't agree with me that well, so I don't. Um, but I recall like that it gets thicker essentially as the percentage go up, goes up. Yes. Yes. And so this is, um, you know, the problem or opportunity with a lot of the non-dairy milks that we encounter these days is we're trying to get that texture right. And the texture that milk has comes from its very unique balance of proteins, fats, and sugars, um, especially the proteins and fats balance. The fats in milk can help create with the proteins a perfectly stable or more or less perfectly stable foam. And most of the non-dairy non options can't do that because they don't have the same kind of fats and proteins. So that's why there's, you know, barista versions of a lot of these non-dairy milks out these days is because people are kind of, as a consumer trend, have been shifting toward more and more non-dairy milks. And so we've been trying to increase their quality as far as their, their pairing with coffee goes. And that texture is a really important component. So the fats in milk form these little microglobules and you can get this really fine textured foam. Um, and you can get that foam, you know, with a professional espresso machine steam wand, or you can get it with one of those little wand frother things. Well, that's my quick question, because this show is, is supposed to be for people who are making this at home. So if right. I'm adding milk at home or I'm trying to make a latte at home, but I don't necessarily have like an espresso machine, I'm trying to mimic it. Yeah. Those little, those milk wands, those foaming wands, is that something that you would say can create a facsimile of something at the store or what's so. the benefit there? I think people can get some pretty good results with those little wands. You know, I've never been crazy about them, but at the same time, you know, my experience is very, very used to the professional grade equipment. And when you're making something at home, you know, you have to accept that it's almost never going to be quite at that level. Um, what we want is we want to get close. We want to get close enough to be happy. Does the frothing itself actually impact the flavor or is that a texture only situation? I mean, when you're actually blending that milk up, is it breaking down different things in the milk or, or you know, what is, what is happening there that, that matters? Or can I just dump the milk right into the cup? It doesn't technically change the chemical composition of the, of the milk, but by changing its texture and by creating those those globules in those those different forms it affects the way we perceive tastes which is an interestingly subtle difference uh there's nothing actually different in the product but the way that our palate picks up on those flavors is different 
So cool. most of the time when you have a nice aerated milk, a foamed milk, it actually will taste sweeter. Um, it will also taste sweeter at certain temperatures. So at certain temperatures, the sweetness in the milk will be more detectable than other temperatures. Before you go forward then, are you, would it be more sweetness at a lower temperature or a higher temperature? I don't have an exact temperature range in front of me, but generally when we like to serve drinks, we like to serve them around a milk-based drink around 130 degrees. That's a, that's a, a temperature that sweetness is going to be very, very distinct. Really cold, it's hard to pull out distinct flavors altogether. You know, ice drinks are going to have uh, overall more muted flavor. So some shops will even put more syrups and whatnot into their ice drinks just because they want to really hit you with the flavor of that drink. And if it's too hot, the heat is going to mask some flavors as well. So it's not a it's not an either-or situation. There's sort of a, a mid-range where the sweetness is going to be most detectable. Interesting. Yeah, so the milk frother wand does work at home. But my favorite way to make froth milk at home is to warm the milk on the stovetop, uh, just like you would use for the frother, and then I'll pour it into a French press. And then I'll pump the French press lid up and down to create foam. And you can get a really good foam with that. Um, mm. It's basically just going to introduce air into it in very small little pockets. It's going to help those those fats create those little those little bubbles in there. Just because I've got you here and I know that we're kind of, we're talking about a more casual creation at home, but this is something that really I didn't quite understand for probably the first year of drinking coffee. Uh, could you just describe for everyone the difference between the milk foam on a latte versus a cappuccino? Because <laughs> I know this is a pet peeve for a lot of coffee shops when people come in and say they want one thing, but what they really want is the other. Sure. You know, I have this whole kind of rant that I do for, for new employees uh, at my shop that talks about not limiting ourselves by the language that we might be used to, right? Like you think you know what a cappuccino is because when you go one place, this is how it is. And you're going to think you know what a latte is because you go to this other place and how it is. But if we take, you know, as much as I can think about around the world and I can kind of distill it to the most simple version, a latte has less foam than a cappuccino. Commonly, a cappuccino is also a smaller drink that has a higher coffee to milk and foam ratio, but that's not true everywhere. Uh, but what is true everywhere is that no matter what size cup that you get your, your latte slash cappuccino in, the cappuccino should have more foam than the latte. And if you're in Italy, a cappuccino is defined as a third espresso, a third milk, and a third foam, roughly, in a roughly five and a half to six ounce cup. I believe it's delineated in milliliters, which I can't think of uh, what that is off the top of my head. But that's that's one place. Uh, if you go to Australia, cappuccino will probably have cocoa powder on top. But generally, if you want to simplify it, more foam cappuccino, less foam latte. I know that uh, you mentioned you didn't have it in front of you, but I'm going to just add a photo of these or a diagram of these two drinks on the newsletter roastwestcoast.com this week so people can see it. And then I, I some exciting news. I'm going to take this show to Italy next year and Whoa. I'm going to say, hey, this is what I learned from Chris. What do you think? And then we're going to see what they say. Buongiorno! <laughs> 
Chris, thanks for being here. Uh, we got one more show, one more Coffee Smarter session in season two. I think I'm going to get another expert for season three, just just to mix it up a little bit. Arrivederci. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you soon, buddy. Some key takeaways from today's pod. Milk proteins and fats blend well with coffee. They are the reason we can create the microphone needed to develop the pleasant textures we like in our lattes and cappuccinos. Some people also appreciate the balancing of coffee acids with the alkaline components of the milk. Ultimately, we're looking for a balance of flavor between sweet, savory, and bitter. Milk is essentially a creamy sweetener. All of this goes off the rails if you're using a milk alternative, like soy, oat, or almond beverage. The lack of fatty proteins makes it more difficult for your barista to perfectly steam and froth your coffee drink. If you're someone, like me, who orders their latte with an alt milk, cut your barista a little slack when it comes to the latte art. Although some companies offer barista versions of their alternative milks in an effort to enable better results. Finally, sometimes, getting close is okay. If you're happy, we're happy. I'm generally happy anytime I have a full mug of coffee and get to talk to Mr. Chris O'Brien. Unfortunately, it's come to an end today. That's our show. We'll be back next week with the very last Coffee Smarter episode of Season 2, in which we recap some of our top tips from the first few seasons. Thank you all for listening. The goal of the Coffee Smarter podcast is to help you make a better cup of coffee at home or appreciate the experience of getting a crafted cup of coffee somewhere out in the world. This show is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast Network. You will find Coffee Smarter show recaps, details, and more coffee information, including the differences between a latte and cappuccino, in this show's newsletter, found at roastwestcoast.com. If you have coffee questions, please send them in to coffeesmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to listener and new coffee friend, Nick Schmidt, who recently sent in a question about the Kyoto Cold Brewer as a topic recommendation, which will definitely be part of Season 3. A big thanks to our readers and supporting listeners, and our incredible coffee industry partners, including Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Ascend Coffee Roasters, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Civets Roasting Machines, Ascento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Hasea Coffee Source, and Moster Coffee Company. This episode of the Coffee Smarter Podcast is, was, has been written and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Chris O'Brien has joined me as an executive producer on Season 2. Be awesome and drink good coffee. Smarter. <laughs>